everyone, it's Jaleef Gary, your host of the Fulcrum Podcast by Urban Alliance, and today I am joined by my colleague and friend, Angela Colantonio. Hi, everyone. And we are excited to talk to you about um, our community's health needs and some of the ways that we're working with programs to address them. Angela, why don't you take a moment to just introduce yourself so our friends can get to know you better. Sure. Um, really excited to be here and be um, featured on the Fulcrum. Yay, yay. Very exciting. Um, so yeah, my name is Angela. I'm the Director of Implementation for Health and Basic Needs Initiatives here at Urban Alliance. So what I do here is I help manage three of our five initiatives, um, which are Beyond the Basics, Caris, and Revitalize. Um, and those initiatives provide platforms for offering support to the programs and ministries that we work with. And those um, ministries specifically work on um, the areas of basic needs, mm -hmm. health, both physical health and mental and emotional health. Yeah, so she's doing quite a bit of work, actually. <laughs> so I just want to thank her for taking time out of her day to be part of this project and to share with you all. So, um, one of the things that I love about the work that we do in Hartford is that we're really, you know, trying to address um, specific needs in our community, and we are really uh, strategizing on the best ways to do that. So we're not, you know, reinventing any wheels or duplicating any efforts, but we're really coming alongside different programs. And one of the things I find really interesting about Hartford is that it's a food desert. Like I've never. Yeah. understood why that had to be. So a food desert, I'm glad that you brought that up. So a food desert is where there's not access to fresh and healthy foods. So um, that has a lot of different effects. Mm -hmm. So people who don't have access to fresh and healthy foods um, experience a lot of different health needs. Sure. So things like obesity um, and diabetes are seen more often. And so like high blood pressure, absolutely. hypertension, and things like that. Right. Sure. So we see that um, a lot more in areas like Hartford that is categorized as a food desert. So tell me, Angela, what are some of the programs in our network doing to address um, health needs in our community? So yeah, there are some ministries that identify themselves as a health ministry, but there's a lot of um, like social and environmental determinants of health that other ministries are addressing in other ways. So, for example, poverty is an underlying cause of a lot of adverse health conditions. So mm -hmm. ministries like food pantries and soup kitchens or um, ministries that are offering case management and coaching to help people set goals and achieve greater life stability, those ministries are more indirectly addressing health needs mm -hmm. um, by um, targeting the underlying causes of those those health needs. And um, there are health disparities, sure. um, especially in urban environments, which health disparities are uh, preventable differences in disease burden um, that are experienced by certain populations or disadvantaged populations. So ministries can be addressing those systemic injustices um, that cause uh, different health conditions. So again, like those basic needs ministries mm -hmm. or different care and counseling ministries that are really helping people overcome some challenging situations that are then causing different health conditions. So a lot of times in Hartford, we see 
things like obesity and diabetes and cancer and respiratory conditions that are largely affected by things like um, like food deserts that we've been talking about and um, like unsafe neighborhoods where people don't have as much opportunity for physical exercise or poor housing conditions that lead to exacerbations in asthma and things mm-hmm. like that. So, like I said, there's not a lot of, there may not be many ministries that identify themselves as a health ministry per se, Sure. but um, there's a lot of different ministries that are tackling these needs in a lot of innovative and unique ways. Yeah, that, that was really insightful. And um, just to be clear about the connection between poverty and um you know, health and nutrition, uh, you know, Hartford does have a lot of, you know, those small bodegas. And by and large, when people do want to get their fruits and vegetables, they're going to be canned, right? And so you're going to have, you know, a lot of sugar, which is, you know, correlated with the increased rate of diabetes. And you're going to have a lot of sodium, which leads to um, the high blood pressure and hypertension and things like that. Um, And so, that can also put a limitation on physical activity just in and of itself being that, you know, you're, you know, you don't feel well enough to even yeah. want to exercise, right? Like, mm-hmm. so. Right. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when people have limited financial resources or even access to transportation, they have to make a lot of tough choices mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of the time those decisions may lead to poorer health down the road. Sure, like I think about what it would take, you know, for a a grandmother who also cares for, um, you know, a couple of her grandchildren to go, you know, by public transportation to an actual grocery store, like a supermarket, right? Mm -hmm. The the only full service supermarket in Hartford is on uh, Park Road um, in Parkville over by the movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. Like exit 44. Like that stop and shop. Yeah, that stop and shop right there. Um, but, you know, you think about someone who lives in the South End having to get there, mm-hmm. right? That's, right. you know, quite the distance to travel. And then once you get there, you got to get back with all your groceries. And Yeah, so the programs that we work with are really reaching those people who are struggling and helping them to meet their needs and give them the tools and resources to achieve greater life stability so that they um, can overcome those challenges and hopefully move beyond them. Mm. Right. And um, one of the things that Hartford does have to, uh, you know, combat the fact that it is a food desert is um, the farmer's market, which I love get a lot of fresh um, produce there and oftentimes it's you know less expensive than the produce that you can find in the grocery store it's locally grown so you're yep. supporting you know your local farmer right and the economy yeah and we partner with um, six of the farmers markets in Hartford through revitalize to help connect um, residents to that asset mm-hmm. in the city and We do that by providing toolkits and resources to the programs that we work with so that they can connect the people they serve to um, not only the farmer's markets, but different um, health resources and services in in the city and the surrounding areas. 
Yeah, I've got to say that um, the revitalized packing party is certainly one of my favorite things of the year that we do. So for everyone out there, I get to DJ the the packing party. um, And we have like, I don't even know how many churches and organizations come with volunteer um, groups that they probably mobilized. like over a dozen and we usually have like a hundred people or so and it's definitely a party yes thank you for DJing <laughs> it definitely feels like a party but we have fun DJJG yeah <laughs> serving together um and yes that's where we pack all the resource bags that go out in the community and have all the information about free and low-cost health services, as well as the farmer's markets. That's when we put together the toolkits that we then give to the programs that we're working with so that they can um, then give it to the people that they serve. So that's just one of the ways that we support programs through one of our initiatives. Right, and um, one of the things that we include in those bags is the coupon that individuals can redeem at the farmer's market so they can Mm -hmm. get fresh produce. They learn about the fact that WIC and and food stamps and SNAP um, benefits are doubled at the farmer's markets, Mm -hmm. and um, they're further incentivized to use them because then they can see the value of going to the farmer's market, not just because it has better produce available to them than your local bodega, for example, but also because you get twice the amount of food, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really where Urban Alliance comes in and has that value add of providing the farmer's market coupons to the programs, not just to give them free money, but to really help them understand that these resources exist in the city, that they can use their, like you said, their SNAP benefits, their WIC benefits. And we do know that the people that we're reaching with the coupons are people in need because when they redeem a coupon, um, we work with the farmer's market managers so that they ask each person that comes to complete a short survey. Right. And through that survey, we know that the coupons are bringing people to the market who have not been there before. And mm. um, through that experience, they even plan to return to the market in the future. So it is a really valuable tool for the programs to connect the people they serve to that resource and to know how to use the benefits that they already received there. Yeah, and I, I'm, um, I've had the privilege and honor of being able to go out on a community health outreach a number of times uh, mm-hmm. since I started working at Urban Alliance. I think I came in um, the fall of 2012, so my first outreach was 2013, that June. And since then, I've gone every year with the exception of one. And um, when I go, my church is always offering prayer to people who, you know, open their doors to us. Sometimes, you know, we're leaving the bags on the door handles and being respectful, right? Um, But we do ask people after we tell them about what's in the bag and, you know, um, the fact that we're, you know, open and welcoming Mm -hmm. them to our, our programs, we tell them, you know, we ask them rather, would you like any prayer for anything, you know? And, and they oftentimes will say, yeah. Yep. So the resource bags are not just um, a tool for the churches to share that information, but it's also an opportunity to express uh, Christian witness in the community and just, yeah, to build those relationships with the people they serve and, and the people in their neighborhoods. So yeah, the bags are handed out through that one-day community health outreach, which 
Urban Alliance hosts to just convene the different churches that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. having their own outreach efforts. Right. Um, they also are distributed through existing ongoing programs like food pantries. So there's a lot of different ways that they're handed out, uh, just depending on the program's unique ways that they operate and how they want to reach out to the community. Right. What I appreciate about our um, approach to that is that we're not, you know, trying to change the essence of a program, so to speak, but we're really just equipping a program to serve the people that they meet in our communities in deeper ways, right? So we're not saying, hey, open your own farmer's market, because that would be a big undertaking, but you can connect people to farmers markets and to your programs that can help them meet other needs. So it's even a more holistic approach, I think. Right. So we provide the tools and then based on whatever works for a program, they're able to use that tool in a way that best meets the program's needs and the and the and the people that they serve. Yeah, I think that's great. And that's how a lot of Urban Alliances um, tools and resources work. Right. Of course, <laughs> that's the best way. But you know, the community health outreach is um, a tried and true strategy for us to connect people to different resources, right? Um, but I know that this year you created a new uh, program development opportunity for our program leaders to kind of opt into. Right. So this year we're offering the opportunity for programs to start a community garden. So that's just another example of a toolkit that we provide um, to programs, um, and then they can use in a way that best meets the needs of the people that they serve Mm -hmm. and um, can be fit into their program and services. So, so yeah, we're offering that opportunity as a pilot this year, providing um, the materials and the technical assistance to be able to start a community garden, which is very exciting. Yes, I know that you are really excited, particularly because you're a great gardener. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm a great gardener, but my dad um, has always had a garden since I was born. So I've always grown up with a garden in my backyard and having that access to fresh fruits and vegetables on a regular basis. Um, So I know how awesome it is, and I'm excited to see that being shared with others. Gus gave you a green thumb. So (laughs) for those of you listening, if you ever come to UA, which we'd be happy to host you and give you a tour and introduce you to everyone here, but um, you would know Angela's desk when you saw it. It is the greenest desk (laughs) at UA. Um, She's got some great plants over there and and clean oxygen, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm excited um, to be kind of managing that opportunity and just making that available to our program. So um, this year we just kind of put it out there. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a specific expectation per se, sure. um, but we did just share about it. And we have a youth ministry at oh, wow. Bible Way Temple Nation in the north end of Hartford that took advantage of that opportunity awesome. and started a garden um, with their youth group. So getting their young kids involved in planting and growing and harvesting hopefully some vegetables which is really cool yeah that is really cool and I have seen a lot of um, news articles and blog articles about you know urban farming even Mm -hmm. so um, 
I'm really glad that our young people are going to be able to gain some new skills in farming mm-hmm. and gardening. Yeah. And like we were talking about before, Harford is a food desert, so mm-hmm. really um, taking advantage of that opportunity to create a space where fresh food can be accessed. And right. I'm really excited that, you know, the young kids are involved in seeing how food is grown and even just using that as an opportunity for the ministry to teach the kids not only about, you know, the health aspects of growing food, but also using that as an educational tool as they teach, you know, Bible lessons Mm -hmm. Um, because we do see, you know, in scripture a lot references to gardening, you know, humans were created in the garden. There's a lot of metaphors, you know, you reap what you sow. The branch Um, and the vine. Absolutely. So Mm. all around a really great opportunity. So I'm excited to see where that goes in the future as well. Yeah. And I'm actually really curious if uh, you may know the answer to this. Is there any correlation between um, young people gardening and their intake of fresh vegetables or vegetables and fruits in general? Yeah, I can't cite a specific study off the top of my head, but definitely early exposure Mm -hmm. um, to growing, you know, fruits and vegetables and being involved in that um, leads to healthier habits as as kids grow up. Um, I know it's true for me, so... Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a genuine curiosity about food and about, um, you know, science and plants and things of that nature. And um, I would be surprised if kids weren't more interested in what they ate based on the fact that they grew it. You know, I think there's maybe even a sense of pride that um, is instilled in the fact that that's something that they grew, that they cultivated into the soil and all of that. So, yeah. so we'll have to report back um, yeah. after the end of the season to see how it went with um, Bible Way. But yeah, I've been excited to kind of check in with them to see how things are going. Yeah, I'd love to come visit their garden with you sometime. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. When you started pulling together the toolkit for community gardens, what was mm-hmm. what was the biggest challenge in that? Well. Um, So Hartford, like we said, is a food desert, but there Mm -hmm. are actually um, some great community organizations already doing some gardening Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. city and advocating for that. So organizations like Hartford Food System and Knox. So we not only work with the churches and, and organizations in our network, but we try to build relationship with community organizations and kind of bridge those gaps so that the programs in our network can really benefit from everything that's out there. Uh, So at the beginning of the process, I kind of did some of my own research and kind of wanted to definitely connect with those organizations that are already doing that kind of work in the city. Um, So just understanding from them what things to look out for, kind of troubleshooting ahead of time, what we might confront. So just understanding that really what you need is a sunny space and access to water um, and good soil. And then from there, uh, you know, some seeds and off it goes. It's, you know, can easily uh, take off. So Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If there are program leaders listening to our podcast, what would you want to tell them? So 
this year, it's a little too late um, to start a garden <laughs> right now by the time that this goes out. But definitely, if this is something that you're interested in incorporating into your program, whether it's a youth ministry like Bible Way, or if it's a food pantry and you want to offer fresh food to um, the people that you serve, or if you have a health ministry and you want to incorporate that into some type of teaching or workshops or classes, um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, or just... Um, if you have a support group and you want to have an outlet for them to, you know, ha- engage in or support their emotional and mental health, gardens are great for that as well. It's like therapy. So right, right. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can or- incorporate it into a program. So just I would encourage anyone interested to reach out to me um, at Urban Alliance So we can start thinking about next season. It's never too early to start planning and getting an idea of who might be interested and who we can support. All right. Well, you heard her. So if that's something (laughs) that you're interested in doing, um, definitely reach out. She's very kind and fun to work with. Yes, I would love to hear from anybody interested. love talking about gardening. (laughs) (laughs) So... Angela, I just want to thank you so much um, again for joining me today. It was so much fun to talk to you about all of the different needs in our community and the ways that um, network participants and their program leaders are addressing them um, in really meaningful ways. And I know that, you know, pulling all of those resources together and coaching and TAing. Um, program leaders to do their best jobs at executing these strategies is a lot of work and so I just want to acknowledge and um, thank you for that and yeah I look forward to seeing you tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for having me it's really a pleasure to work with all the programs um, in the Urban Alliance Network that are um, really doing the hard work so Mm -hmm. thanks for having me I hope everyone enjoyed our conversation Thank you all for listening. And if you would like to learn more about getting involved with Community Gardens or Urban Alliance's health initiative, Revitalize, in any way, you can simply go to urbanalliance.com or reach out to me or Angela um, via our email addresses or um, on our contact pages on the website. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk to you soon.